Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads Podcast, the show where Mark Meckler and Rita Peters discuss hot-button issues from a biblical perspective, helping to equip other Christians to bring light to a darkened culture. Rita is the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs, and Mark serves as the CEO and co-founder for Convention of States Action. Find out more by visiting conventionofstates.com slash pod. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. I'm your host, Rita Peters, and, you know, I was so excited because I was expecting my co-host, Mark Meckler, back with me today, and unfortunately, just before the program, he let me know that he is currently in an Uber stuck in traffic in Nashville <laughs> and didn't make it back to his hotel in time to join us. So I'm going solo once again, but I am joined by such a great guest that part of me is excited to have her all to myself, and I will introduce her in just a minute. If you are um, just tuning in and have missed our last few programs, we are continuing today with our journey through a book called Servant Leadership. The author is David Kuhnert, spelled K-U-H-N-E-R-T. And we're talking about servant leadership because it is practical training to help us maximize our impact not only on our families and colleagues, although it will certainly do that, but it will help us to maximize our impact on the culture around us. And that's really what Crossroads is all about, having an impact on our culture, on all those places where faith and culture meet. So again, the book is Servant Leadership. You can find it on Amazon, and I highly encourage you to pick it up if you haven't already. I promise it is super easy to read and it is totally practical. It's not a lot of just pie in the sky ideas. They're ideas that you can put to work and they have been transformational for me. Today we're on chapter seven, which is called handling emotions slash systems thinking. And we have a new guest today. As I mentioned, she is a dear dear personal friend of mine on the other side of the country in California. Her name is Jenny Rapini. Jenny is a full-time volunteer with the organization Mark and I work for, Convention of States Action, and she is a leader of our grassroots and our mentoring department. She has walked so many people through this very course in servant leadership. And she also regularly leads various women's Bible studies. Um, Jenny, I could go on and on about you, but let me just pause for a breath and say welcome <laughs> to the Crossroads program. Oh, thank you so much, Rita. That was a very kind introduction to you. Uh, for those of you that have uh, met Rita, she is the real deal. Everything that you see in her is who she really is. She doesn't put on a front for anybody. She is just a wonderful, godly mother, wife, friend, mm-hmm. and co-worker. And I love working with her. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about servant leadership and using the principles that can transform 
relationships with family, coworkers, friends, it will make a new you. Mm. And I love doing the servant leadership courses. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is um, it can be easy for me to focus on issues, the content of the issue or the topic and really learn about that and focus on, you know, what's right, what is the right um, approach or the right side of a given issue. But when it comes down to it, all that doesn't matter that much if you can't communicate it effectively and if you can't lead other people to have an impact or make a difference for good in that in that realm. So this servant leadership training is just so useful. And I love this book. I love this course. Let's dive into chapter seven, which starts out with a quote from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 1632. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Now, Jenny, this is a verse. I'm not kidding. I I taught my kids this verse and they memorized it when they were very young because I wanted them to understand how important it is to be slow to anger and to rule your spirit, to be self-governing in that way. Now, in my experience, there are a lot of adults out there who have not yet learned to rule their own spirits. And, you know, sometimes that's me. I don't do it perfectly either. But you even find these people who don't know how to rule their spirits in high positions in society. So, Jenny, do you find that to be true? Do people struggle with this concept? Absolutely. Everybody does. Nobody has arrived at the pinnacle where they can say, I am totally in control of my emotions (laughs) at all times. As soon as somebody says that, you can just be sure that something is going to pull their trigger and make them angry. Now, emotions are valuable and they shouldn't be ignored. Um, They react to external stimuli in our body. They're kind of a warning system for us. Um, they let us know when something we value is at stake and Mm. in and of themselves, emotions are not either good or bad. They're, they're neutral. They're actually amoral. It's what we do with them and how we choose to respond to our emotions that can bring about positive or negative results. And we see that in all aspects of society, we see it on the left, on the right, in the middle, where uh, emotions rule the words that are said. Mm. And really the things that you say reveal your heart. Mm. And so when, when things spew out of your mouth, you say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, that was in your heart. Mm. And we, if we can't control our emotions, then we we're not strong at all. We can't control anything if we can't control our own emotions. And that's the thing I really do believe that we all need to be focusing on is our the things that we can control, which you've talked about already. And that is we can control who we trust. We can control 
our attitudes and our actions. We cannot control anybody else, but we can control ourselves. But we have to make that choice. That's why you'll never reach that pinnacle because to to become angry and, and allow the anger to speak through you is to make a choice. I've made this choice to be emotional instead of taking a step back and being in control of my emotions, not speaking until I have that control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're talking about another biblical principle here, which is, we find the Bible saying that out of the abundance of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth speaks. So yes. the words that we say really do reveal what is in our hearts. And we can be so quick to try to distance ourselves from what we said. But what we say reveals a lot about what is inside of us. And it can be so damaging when we, yes. you know, just just. um don't understand the proper role for our emotions. In fact, I think that one of the biggest lies our culture tells people today is that they should follow their hearts, which boils down to following their emotions. Jenny, do you agree that is problematic? And if so, why? And how can you help us understand the proper role of emotions in our lives? Okay, so when we say we should follow our heart, you know, the heart can be deceitful and desperately wicked, as the Bible tells us. But yet again, for for those of us who have a relationship with God, we can go to him and ask him to cleanse our heart, to guide us and direct us, and to purify our minds and be able to make those choices that way. But like I said before, emotions provide a warning system. They tell us that something needs to be addressed. However, emotions, while important, they are not trustworthy. And yes, they're valuable, but they're not the ultimate value. They shouldn't be blindly obeyed, um, but they need to be taken as the beginning of a process involving steps outside of our control that we can work on. For instance, emotions alert us of a value, but they don't tell us what the value is or how we ought to respond. We just get this emotion. I had that happen just the other day. Something happened and immediately my emotion got up and I I thought I had to take a step back. I could have blurted things out, which is what my first reaction or, or thought is to do. And I realized nothing constructive ever comes from that. Take a step back, ask, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this anger? Or why am I feeling this frustration? So we need to learn that we do have the power, the control and the authority to conduct our emotions in a proper way. It requires discipline and a desire to want to do it. Um, We can't control the onset of the emotions, but we can control how we perceive them and how we respond to them. And that, again, it's a choice that you make in the moment. I choose to be in control of my emotions or I can choose to just let it fly and then bear the consequences of it. Yeah, that's usually not a good idea. (laughs) 
I love the way you talk about emotions and the way, you know, David does as sort of a, a signal. It's like a warning light. Something has been, you know, some kind of value has been tweaked or, you know, something is happening here. And it basically just tells us we need to investigate and figure out what that is, right? Because when I get angry, it's possible that I'm angry because some great injustice has been done or because God's holy law has been violated. It's also possible that I'm angry because my pride was hurt or yes. because my vanity was hurt or because I didn't get things to go according to my own way. So the way I respond is going to be very different, hopefully, once I invest investigate, you know, what the source, uh, what, what is it that's really happening? So Jenny, in this chapter, David talks about two ways we can respond when something happens. And I tell you what, I have found this has really been transformational for me to have this framework to put it in. But he says we can either feel, act, and then think, or we can feel, then think, then act. Expound on that for us. Tell us about, about that concept. All right. Too often our de default is to feel, act, and think. I feel this emotion. I'm angry. I kick the wall in my anger. I break my toe and I have to go to urgent care. And then I ask myself, why did I get so angry? Yeah. So, you know, a quick temper responds with rage instead of understanding and everything leads to a consequence that will multiply the problem. Sometimes I don't take the anger out on my wall. I will blurt something out like you talked about earlier, revealing my heart. And you cannot take those words back. Once they're said, they're said. You can say, oh, I didn't mean that. But the person hearing it isn't going to believe that. And so it is incumbent on us to, when we feel that emotion, whatever it is, if it's, if it's anger or rage or indignation, whatever it is, take a step back. And this is where I like to implement system thinking. And I go into system three thinking and I ask God, calm my heart, help me to see this the way you see it. And don't let me make a move until it's the right time. Mm. And many times, just like the situation I was telling you about the other day, my first reaction was anger and indignation. And I wanted to lash out and Fortunately, at that time, I made the right choice and took a step back. And as I took a step back and began to ask myself, what is it that I'm feeling right now? Why am I feeling this way? I realized it was nothing. And so if you a lot of times that'll happen that you'll if you take the time to feel that. Think about it. And then respond. Um, rather than feel it, act on it, and then think about it, the consequences can be great when mm. it's the feel, act, think, rather than when it's feel, think, act. 
If I'm angry, take a deep breath, try to uh, consider why you're angry, take time to reflect on that why. It allows you time to calm down before responding. And then when you do respond, it is not from emotion, but rather it's from a position of seeking truth. What did you mean when you said this? You're actually then not working from emotion, you're working with wanting to have truth. And another thing to remember about emotions is that they're ours. The emotions are mine. When you're fighting with someone, you might say, uh, so-and-so is making me so mad. That's not a true statement. Nobody can force you to feel any specific emotion. It would be more proper to realize that so-and-so did this and it triggered my anger. And people and circumstances cannot cannot um, uh, tr- uh, catalyze my emotions, but they and they uh, they may trigger my emotions. I'm sorry, but they aren't responsible for how I feel. Emotions yeah. are a personal alarm system based on personal values, and they belong to you. And you mm. can't blame anybody else for how you feel. Emotions, for the most part, are reactions to or expressions of deeper things that are going on inside our hearts and our souls. Mm. Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to something we've talked about in previous programs, the three things we can control, right? Mm-hmm. We can control whom we trust, our attitude, and our actions. So what's not in that list is other people's emotions. So I don't control other people's emotions and they don't control my emotions. I control I control those three things that we talked about and that's it. I can control my own actions. And, you know, what I've learned with the whole, you know, effort to feel then stop and think before I act when I'm feeling the strong emotions is that sometimes in the thinking process, I realize I don't even really need to talk about this with that other person because the reason I was angry was based on my own sin. So I really need to go to the Lord in prayer and confess Uh that and and ask him to change my heart. And Uh so really just cuts out a lot of conflict that is unnecessary when when you get into that habit of feeling thinking then acting and Jenny I want to get it you brought up systems thinking so I want to go to that next but before I do I find with myself that when I'm in the feeling that initial phase of intense emotion I'm really not very capable of rational conversation with the other person who's involved. I So the conversation I tend to have when I'm at the height of emotion is not really productive or helpful because I'm not in a rational space in my head. Is that mm-hmm. true of other people as well? Do you find that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. And there are times that it is okay to suspend the conversation while you gather control of your emotions. And it, it's it's never good to just ignore it, to just say, okay, we're going to uh, 
just ignore this. And I think last time you talked about the moment of truth. And there are times that you do need to conduct those moments of truth, but they cannot be done out of emotion. They have to be done with a motive of seeking truth. And so when you have that, when you're in that feeling situation and you don't feel that you have complete control yet of your emotions or your thinking, then it is appropriate to take that step back and take the step away from the person as well. And just say, hey, let's get, let's take a break and let's come back to this in a little bit. I just need some time to process this. I need some time to process my emotions because I don't want to say or do anything that is going to be hurtful or that would be regretful in any way. That is totally appropriate. Mm. Okay, good. All right. You brought up systems thinking and Mm -hmm. That is a concept that David Kuhnert, the author of Servant Leadership, introduces in this chapter. He talks about three different systems. So would you just walk us through those? What are they and why is it important for us to understand? Well, the human mind works off three systems of thinking. System one is pattern thinking that the brain does automatically and is influenced by heuristics or mental shortcuts that we can take. But it's it's that learned behavior that is so ingrained in you that it, you get up in the morning and you don't think about brushing your teeth. You just get up, you have your pattern that you do. You sometimes drive to work and you don't even remember the path you took. You know, you were daydreaming because it's so rote. It's really the rote stuff that you don't really have to focus on and concentrate on. System two is that focused human mind. It's uh, deeply focused thinking that that filters out those shortcuts and emotions. It's deliberate thinking that um, you encounter a situation or a problem and you're methodically filtering through that information. And it's uh, through system two, though, that we learn all of our system one. In other words, there was a time when you were a little toddler that your mother taught you how to brush your teeth and you had to think about getting the toothbrush out, putting the toothpaste on the brush, not on the sink, putting it in your, you know, it was, you had to think about it. So system one comes from system two. And that's like, I I think the best illustration is like Navy SEALs. Mm. When Navy SEALs go on a mission, they're not on system two anymore. They're on system one. Mm. It is so ingrained in them that they know what to do, when to do, how to do it. It's just rote to them. And then there's system three. And system three is the spiritual self. It's listening to what the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do. And I I have the greatest illustration, if you will indulge me with this. My daughter is a surgical nurse. And, you know, when they bring you in for surgery, they put you in the holding tank there. And when you're in that holding tank, they're running all kinds of assessments on you as a patient. And they're assessing you in every which way they can to make sure that you're ready to go under general anesthetic. And it's all data that they're looking for. And one day, Janelle had a patient that had been in the holding tank, and now she was moving her into the OR. And as she was looking at her, there was just something off. And she looked at all the numbers. All the numbers were right, but there was something off. And when she got into the OR, she mentioned it to the doctor. He did a different type of assessment, 
And he said, she cannot have surgery. She needs to come out. And so as they're wheeling her out, the woman asked Jeanette for an ice chip and they gave her an ice chip and she dissolved it. And as they're continuing to take her into another room, she flatlined. So here's where system one comes in. Janelle's up on top of the gurney. She's doing CPR. All the other nurses come around. They automatically are pushing them into a trauma room where there's a crash pad and everybody is working together after 90 seconds. The woman came back and as she was, uh, as she sat up to talk, she said to Janelle, you were praying for me, weren't you? She said, yes, I was. So system three can be used any time during mm -hmm. your day. It can be used when you're operating in system one, when you're learning system two. You can be asking God, give me the wisdom to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So many times when I have phone calls that I'm on and someone will call me and ask me for advice and I'm thinking, I have no idea how to help this person. God, give me wisdom to speak mm -hmm. to them right now. So system three is using that benefit that we have of the Holy Spirit living within us, who says that if we ask for wisdom, he will give it to us freely. So um, that's how I like to describe system three. Mm. So how does how does knowing about the three systems help us in our in our daily lives? Why is it important for us to understand this concept? I think it removes, at least for me, it removes frustration. When I'm in system two, I'm in a learning mode and I have to be intentional about things that I'm doing. I have to think of steps or checklists to make sure that I'm getting everything done in the proper manner. And, and that is all okay. And it's also good to know that with system one, that we can rely on the things that we have learned. However, I, I will give this little caveat for system one. A lot of the good things that we learn are system one, mm. but some of the bad things that have been ingrained in us from our environment, from our background. For instance, my mom was the queen of passive aggressive behavior. And I learned that well as a little girl the passive aggressive, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> and the silence, violence stuff. And so some system one thinking you may want to using three system undo. And it isn't easy, but I didn't want to be like my mom. I can remember two weeks where she went not speaking to me and I'm a little girl and I'm saying, what's the matter, mom? Nothing. And you know, spank me, do something, but tell me what it is. I'm not a mind reader. Mm. And, and some things in system one, we might want to change. Yeah. And is it true? It seems like if we are operating under the feel, then act, then think, it seems like a lot of our actions are probably going to revert back to system one to patterns, you know, things like you're talking about that we don't even intend. Or, you know, if someone were to ask us, we would say, well, yeah, that's not a good thing to do. That's not the best way to deal with that. But if we're acting before we slow down to think first, we're probably not 
using system three at that point, right? Right. <laughs> when someone cuts you off on the freeway and then you go and tailgate them, you have just gone to feel, act, think, and then the consequences can be bad because they can slam on the brakes and you can rear end them and then, oh man, you've got a lot of consequences you've got to pay for <laughs> the feel, act, think instead yeah. of the feel, think. You know what though? There's other times, it's not just anger that mm. we feel, act, and think on. Sometimes it's fear. Mm. And sometimes you're going to get hit with a gut punch. And and I, again, another story with my daughter she's had cancer three times. And the third time I was told it came back again, that was a gut punch different than the first two times. Mm. And, and I got off the phone with her and I, I was just filled with fear. And, and if you, if you let yourself wallow in that fear, it's going to take you down the wrong path. And within minutes, I've got her dead. I've got my son-in-law remarried to someone who won't let me see the kids. You know how your mind goes. Yeah. And it was just going, going. And mm -hmm. I fortunately re realized I need to use system three here. And I had to pray and ask God to take that fear from me that mm -hmm. it's not from him. Fear is not faith. And I had to ask him, take this fear from me because I know it's not from you. And I had this sense of peace. Oh, but 10 minutes later, there it was again. And you have to do it again. And I call it my whack-a-mole praying because <laughs> at the beginning you pray and you get that peace, but it pops up over here. So you whack it. And then it pops up over here and you whack it. And after about two weeks, I realized, oh my goodness, I've gone two days and I haven't had any fear. But every time it came, I had to pray and ask God to take it away. And he did. Mm. And so that's where you're using your system thinking. Yeah. Uh, and, and using system three. Yeah. Jenny, believe it or not, we are about out of time. And <laughs> it has just been lovely having you. You do such a good job about explaining these concepts and how we can use them. And I'm really happy that we're going to have you back again for the next yeah. program. So, yes. <laughs> so much for being with us today. And hopefully we'll get that Mark Meckler back here too next week. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully he's out of traffic by now. Um, so thanks for being with us, Jenny. I want to also thank our generous sponsors at Blue Ridge Chimney Services, Blessings Christian Bookstore, Sunshine Ministries with Christian Radio, Wishing Well Florists and Travel Services, and our friends at New Beginnings Church and Garber's Church of the Brethren. Thank you all for listening and for your continued financial support. If you'd like to make a donation to help keep Crossroads on the air, you can simply write a check to Crossroads at P.O. Box 881, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 22803. I'm Rita Peters, and we've had the privilege of being joined by Jenny Rapini today. And we invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads podcast. To learn more about Convention of States, go to conventionofstates.com. 